Welcome to Bruin Source. This is Zed. This is Kevin. And we are here again with some uh, spring, spring practice, or not spring, oh my god, fall <laughs> camp notes, um, in addition to some basketball and football recruiting um, tidbits as well. Um, with the the football season just around the corner, um, camp is in full swing. I know we've talked about it the last couple of weeks, um, but we have some some new interesting developments for the football team this week. Um, first and foremost, apparently Mike Martinez is off the team. Yeah, it's a it's a blow mainly because it looked like he could be a real big contributor this year. Um, we don't know why he's off the team. We don't know uh, much about it. But yet again, you know, we have a de- mid-season or preseason departure from a UCLA football team. Uh, I think at, at this point we're pretty much used to it. Uh, something like this happens just about every year. Uh, at tight end, you know, if there was a position group that was set to absorb this, it's probably tight end. Um, I mean, Hudson Habermill was, was probably going to already play a huge role there. Um, David Preby. I mean, we got some good, really good freshmen there too. Uh, Carson Ryan, Jack Peterson. I mean, we got bodies that with measurables um, that look like can play there. But Mike Martinez was a guy that we spent a lot of time recruiting a few years ago. It looked like this was the year he was going to break out into that type of, you know, Greg Dulcich, uh, you know, that, that type of a role. Uh, and he, he's not going to here. So uh, it's unfortunate. But again, it's something we're all too used to here. Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's the Chip Kelly 11 tight ends on the field formation that we've been recruiting for. But yeah, you're right. The the depth is there. Martinez did have probably the most experience out of all these guys. Um, he's been in the program for a number of years, so it is a, a bummer not to see that talent and um, all that hard work come to fruition. Um it is what it is at this point. So, and we're speculating it should be okay, but again, there is like Fair. the returning tight end. The, re, the returning tight end production is we have three catches returning on the team. Um, so their bodies and measurables that look like it should be okay. And this is a position where we do have a track record now. You know, Chip Kelly has a track record of producing some good tight ends and developing them well. So all of that's going into the equation to say we should be okay here. Um, which is why this this departure is more about, you know, yet again, another departure for an unexplained reason from a key player, um, you know, once again for UCLA football. Yeah, I mean, the track record, you're right. You know, we've seen Asiasi, we've seen K.O. Wilson, we've seen Greg Dulcich, who used to be a walk-on at one point. So the development is definitely present for that position group. Um, so I'm not terribly worried about it uh, from that perspective, but it does suck to lose a big weapon. Uh, it really does. So, Especially in a year where we're trying to replace a lot of uh, receiving production, right? We lost um, Kyle. We lost Greg Dulcich. Uh, so there's, there's some question marks around who's going to catch the ball. And we were hoping Mike Martinez was going to one of those people, going to be one of those people, and now he clearly is not going to be one of those people. So, makes that that picture a little murkier, and we'll see what happens. Um, 
but kind of moving on from that, I think there's some more developments around O-line um, and kind of a little bit clearer picture around what is going on with uh, who is starting and who is rotating in and the whole eight-man rotation thing Chip Kelly is trying to put together. So um, what, have you, what have you noticed about that, Kevin? So the starters are what we thought they were, um, it looks like, at this point in camp. Um, looks like it's Raekwon O'Neal at the left tackle, and then going inward, it's Mafi, Clemens, John Gaines, and Garrett DiGiorgio. So it looks like, you know, that uh, is our starting five. Uh, the next best, as of right now, it looks like Bruno Fina and Tyler Manoa are still fighting for that left tackle, that kind of tackle backup spot. Um, and then Garrett DiGiorgio, uh, you know, Siale Tupaki? I'm not exactly, I'm not sure if I'm saying the name right, but we got a few guys still vying for the backup tackle um, spots there, and then whether it, it ends up just being one guy that ends up rotating with them or two, uh, as of right now, it looks like three guys are taking reps. So that's that's one thing there. Um, Josh Carlin looks to be someone that is working at backup guard. So... I think we're in the position we thought we would be in. We have a set five starters, and then at backup we have guys who are taking reps and trying to find their way. And you know we won't really know much until we get into game action. But you know it looks like we know who the candidates are, but we don't know exactly how productive they'll be until game time comes. How confident are you that this O line will be? Um, I'm just gonna say even serviceable if one of these guys goes down out of either the starters or the rotating three or four guys? So I've been thinking about this, and I think, you know, we, we talked a little bit about this last week. I think the hardest thing to establish in college football is that you have a system and a culture, and you have players that rotate into that, and you modify the system a bit to suit their strengths. And on this side of the ball, I think we are closer to having that definitely than the other side of the ball. Um, oh, 100%. And so if if someone were to go down, um, I do think Chip Kelly is a good enough offensive coach and a good enough offensive play caller to where we can probably try to mask any deficiencies we have as much as possible. Now, again, it, 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 it just depends what kind of drop-off we're talking about here because I think with the starters and a fifth-year quarterback and Zach Charbonnet, like this offense overall should be once again a top 15 level offense in terms of the production. And without these guys, uh, like say one or two of them go down, it, it depends. Like are we talking a drop from 15 to 25 or are we talking a drop from 15 to like 30 or 40? Um, you know, that's, that's the part we're not so sure of. I think it will still be serviceable, but – the way our teams have been set up over the years, there's so much pressure on the offense to continue to move and run the ball and eat the clock. Uh, and it just depends how effectively we can do that. I think there's a bigger question mark here now that Coach Fry has moved on as well around alignment, the alignment. Good point. Group. Um, you know, with, with him departing and Chip Kelly weirdly hiring Tim Drevno, who... I'm not going to go into uh, go into this in too much detail, but 
by many accounts, seems like another wash-up type hire that Chip Kelly has been making for the last five years here. Uh, I think that that's a big question mark in my head is like, is Tim Drevno actually going to be able to coach these guys up? When Fry was here, I had no doubts about that. I think he had established that track record of having a very good O-line. He was recruiting well for the O-line. Uh, and he was developing guys. Like, we had, under his tenure, a very good O-line group every single year. Um, and some would argue maybe in even in the, like, the one of the best in the Pac-12. Now with Drevno... Um, I just, I don't know. He was not liked at SC when he was there. He was not liked at a lot of his previous jobs. He doesn't seem to carry a lot of respect around the football world for whatever reason. Um, so I, I'm a little concerned. I'm a little so, concerned that about that. So I'm happy you and brought up We can up jump into the recording, re- recruiting piece of it in a second. Absolutely. So, and I'm happy you brought up Tim Drevno because uh, I, I have followed him a little bit because, again, uh, since a young age, I followed Michigan football. He was the offensive coordinator at Michigan since Jim Harbaugh uh, took over there from 2015 to 2017 uh, and the offensive line coach. So I know a little bit about him there. It was really simple. When Michigan had an ex- some experience and talent on the offensive line, the offensive lines were very good. 2015 was a very good offensive line. 2016 was, I think, one of the best offensive lines in college football. 2017, they lost a lot, and the offensive line took a big hit, and that was a big catalyst for the entire team kind of not being as good that year. And then he got fired. Um, so that's what I remember him from from there. And another big reason he was fired uh, was, we touched on it, recruiting. Uh, you know, it seems like he has some pedigree as a good you know, offensive line coach. Again, he was at Stanford with Harbaugh. He was at the 49ers with Harbaugh. Um, and then at Michigan, you know, when you have certain types of personnel, it looks like you can coach them up. But on the recruiting front, uh, you know, he struggled at Michigan and we're doing it again here. Uh, and and it, what's funny is that this is a position that we have extended some decent number of offers out to. We have extended 10, 11 offers. We've missed on all of them, every single one of them in a class where we probably need between three to five offensive linemen as high school recruits, uh, we're, we've missed on all of them. Yeah, so, we had like 10 offers out, and we get we went over. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, and, and some of this is like, you know, you would hope that, you know, when you're recruiting against Alabama for an offensive lineman, like you would hope that, you know, there's some level of recognition there that, hey, like we're going against Alabama I can pitch playing time all I want, but like if that guy even plays a little bit at Alabama, he's probably going to get a shot in the NFL. Uh, you know, you would hope that some of those recognitions come into play here. Uh, but again, the results speak for themselves. And again, it's it seems to be a continuation of how I remember Tim Drevna from before. Not a very good recruiter. We'll see what he does with the coaching aspect. I, I don't think it's as bad over there as maybe it seems. It does seem like a full retread hire. Uh, but and, and so I, that's why I think the starters might be okay, especially the interior offensive line, because we got some experience there. Is that giving him enough time to get reps for the backups and get them ready to go? I have no idea. We, that that we would be guessing if we were to speculate anything there. 
Yeah, it's been discouraging to watch. Um, I understand Chip Kelly does not necessarily want to put that much effort into recruiting high school kids, but we're back in a position at the line group and with other groups across the board with the program where we have a guy or two get hurt, and I, I think O-line is specifically susceptible to this. We're working with walk-ons here. Um, the depth is razor thin, so it's a little worrying that recruiting on that front is not going very well. And, you know, after going over, I have not seen anything about offering more kids. Like, I've, I don't know if I missed it, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Kevin, but it seems like we've thrown in the towel and been like, all right, we missed out on all these kids. Um, Raymond Polito, last, last one, we were apparently in good graces with him for a very long time, and it, then he ended up going to Bama, which I don't blame him for one bit. But after we lost him, who was kind of the last kid on the on the table, we haven't offered anyone. Like it's been and a couple we of generally days or don't, few days now. Yeah, and we generally don't offer people during the season. This has been the the pattern under Chip Kelly. The off season is the time to evaluate and offer and recruit, and the season is the time to coach. And that's the way he sees it. It's the way he has seen it for four years now, and I don't see why that's going to change now because we've struck out on some offensive linemen it's Um, not gonna change right and that's the problem like it's he's so stubborn and set in his ways i understand he's trying to run a system but uh, there needs to be some flexibility for when things go south with something like recruiting um or when even on on field performance right not only is there not flexibility i would say he's been emboldened (laughs) by uh the fact that he just thinks that, you know what, it's fine. We'll go get some transfers. There are going to be offensive linemen in the transfer portal. We'll go We'll go find them, and we'll be all right. So I would say he's actually more emboldened in taking that path now than he was before. And again, that, like, is that going to work? Is it sustainable? I have no idea. We have no idea who the, the linemen are going to be in the transfer portal or anybody else are going to be in the transfer portal. So, you know, we... You know, we, we, we... We talked a little bit about this last week, but it and and maybe in the future, you know, emphasizing transfer portal over high school recruiting might be a viable thing in the future. I, I and he could very well be ahead of the curve, but I think that and there needs to be a transition period as he's shifting that way. Like we can't just pull the bandaid off. I don't think it's smart to throw all of our eggs in one basket all of a sudden for something that's new and emerging, right? There needs to be some period of time where we're doing both. Now, he could start slowly, year over year, allocating things towards Transfer Portal. I can, can, you know, see how that might work out. I can see how that might be successful down the road. But to now fully be like, we missed on all of our high school guys and we're not getting a mix of people... We're just going full transfer portal when it's, again, what the transfer portal's been around only a couple of years now. So we don't, you know, the talent has been increasing and growing every year. But until it gets to the point where it's, you know, equivalent of recruiting high school kids and laying a foundation, uh, I don't think you can viably do it right now just based on what we've seen. So it's it's just... 
boneheaded, I think, at this point to just go full on, full in on on just transfer portal recruiting. Uh, it's you know what this season feels a lot like, um, and it's not an exactly apples to apples comparison, but it feels a lot like Ben Howland's last year at UCLA, where the upcoming season it looks like yeah we should have a pretty good season and and win a good number of games, but the foundations and like the the culture and the play styles and the talent acquisition and development mechanisms in the program are all just they, they don't seem up to snuff to where you know this thing is going to break and when it breaks it's going to really break um and obviously it's not an apples to apples comparison because howland had so much success before that um and had built up so much goodwill because of the success uh, but in this case it, it feels a lot like that it's like yeah we're gonna have a good year but the foundations of the program just they don't feel like anything solid and didn't feel like anything to be proud of yeah no i i completely agree with you there it's i think the word here is sustainability right we can have a 10 win season this year or 11 win season or go undefeated i you know if that happened awesome it just does not feel like after this year we will be in a position to win like that for a very long time um you know, it feels like after DTR leaves, after Charbonnet leaves, then there's just so many question marks around this team. I don't know where we would be. Like, it just, I cannot look at next year's roster and be like, yeah, we have all of these guys, you know, kind of ready in the wings to, to develop and step up. We don't have that anywhere. Like, it just, maybe maybe quarterback, we can say Garbers has been there and Garbers has shown to be pretty solid. Um, so maybe QB isn't as big, but, but regardless, it does, you're right. It doesn't feel like we have a sustainable program that we can, you know, watch in the future and watch this, these teams develop and have Chip Kelly actually lead them to victory, even if it's a 10 win season this year. I just, it doesn't feel like that at all. Yeah. Again, and, and we've talked about this a little bit, um, you know, the big thing is that what is our overall system or culture that we want to acquire players into? Because you can have a weird recruiting strategy so long as you have, you're very sure about what you want to get. And I would say that that actually kind of describes Chip Kelly at Oregon. Um, there was a very surefire system on both sides of the ball. It wasn't just offense, on both sides of the ball. That they knew what they were looking for. They knew what measurables they were looking for. And they got talent in in very strange ways. They were not top recruiting classes, but they had a system, they had a culture, and once you got in there, you developed into that system, and by your second, third, fourth year, you were a big contributor, and they won a lot of games. The Midwest schools follow a lot of that same kind of pattern. You know, schools like, you know, all the Iowa, Kansas State, all these, like, weird schools in the Midwest and not-so-great areas, that that's the, the first thing, that the reason they're all so much more successful than the West Coast schools is they have that system in place for us on offense again like i think with the way we've set this up we can probably have a top 50 offense kind of no matter what personnel we get in through the transfer portal um and if we get some real good personnel we can make it like it is right now top 15 on defense we have no idea what 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 our system is what our scheme is and what we're recruiting for and what we're looking for we have no idea um at least it seems like that and there doesn't seem to be any kind of 
consistency or repeatable thing there. So that's the thing I think we got to see this year is, is there any semblance of that even? Because if you can get a semblance of that, then you can sort of start to convince yourself, all right, maybe if, if we're not recruiting a certain way, like there's something we're trying to do and we can get players into that. Um, like that's it's, the big thing. <laughs> it's interesting you bring up system, right? And if you're developing a culture and system and you need guys to go through that system to develop into a specific system and to buy into a specific culture... It seems significantly more difficult to do that with a guy for a year or two through the transfer portal and through that oh, 100%. style. Um, which also begs the question, why are we doing that if you know we are trying to establish a, a culture? And I, I think Chip Kelly is, but I think that is a problem. You get a guy in as a freshman, sure, he's not going to be ready to play. Like More often than not, I understand that you know transfer portal players are generally a little bit more ready to make an instant impact but you can actually mold that guy from a year from year one into year two three four into that system into that culture and and you know get the results you want out of that i i just i don't think that it is as easy to do that with a transfer player now you know there's a higher level of maturity there there is an experience level there that you're getting but that experience might not be in a similar system. You know, it's been playing for another coach and another culture. Like, there are other things and habits that might have developed there that might be hard to overcome in a year or two. So I, th- that just, it doesn't seem to jive with how we're recruiting. Like, plain and simple, I just, I don't see how this is going to play out in a positive way for UCLA right now. Um and it's it's not playing out in a positive way for UCLA as a, as it stands. So we'll yep. see how this goes. I just I, I, I don't have any confidence. We, we want to talk about another team that we have that does seem to have a system and a culture down, but at the moment is struggling a bit to get some players in for the next season. Yeah, it's been a weird recruiting cycle for basketball. Very weird. Yeah, um, so we can summarize ahead. the state of the state to start. Um, it looks like, you know, this is a team that's going to lose a lot. Um, we're going to lose a lot of the veteran players that have been with us for a long time. Um, so that includes Tiger Campbell, it includes Jaime Hawkes, David Singleton. Um, and then we're probably going to lose Amari Bailey. And if I'm watching any highlights right now, I think we should enjoy a Dembona for this year. It looks like he, he could average two points a game and he's going to be gone. Just, just looking, just looking at it, the athleticism there. Um, and then I'm sure I'm missing someone here too. Um, that's, that's just five guys right off the bat. Yeah. And I mean, Nuba, most likely. Nuba will be, should be, I think will be gone, but I can foresee Jalen Clark leaving if he has a big year. Um, so we, so we're going to need anywhere between five to eight guys for next season. And the state of the state is that we currently do not have a commitment. We are probably seriously recruiting about seven players right now and are in the thick of things with probably four to five of them and trying to get visits with the others. And the biggest development is that our number one target for the cycle, Isaiah Collier. Sources say, and these sources are not clear where they're coming from, they're not clear on if it's their 
legit or not, but sources say that the, Isaiah Collier does want to go back to L.A. He's from Georgia, the number one point guard recruit in the, cl- in the class. And His mom between, is from L.A. Mom is from L.A., and he wants to actually go to USC over UCLA, primarily because of playing time. It's been a very weird cycle. Um, I feel like UCLA has led for this cycle allegedly for a very long time, according to many sources. But it feels in the last month, SC is actually negatively recruiting what you're recruiting us got. Sorry, I can't speak today.
since the end of the Ben Howland 